0: Welcome back to the Wind Daily Podcast for the final day of the month, July 31st, 2019. I am Scott Engel. I am the king. I am fantasy. Here along with our weatherman, Mark Paquette, and uh, he's also a DFS expert who wins very often. Mark, what's the weather outlook for today? We have day and night
1: slates. Yeah, much like yesterday, we have a couple low-grade delay issues. Um, we saw some rain around Cincinnati get out of the way, and then they traded the raindrops for rain makers in, in terms of Amir Garrett and Puig and the rest of the Pirates. But anyways, yeah, um, some chances from showers or a thunderstorm in Washington, Cincinnati, New York, Kansas City, Philly, and Boston. would be completely surprised if any of these games postponed, but I can't rule out a delay in any of them.
0: So... I guess uh, Trevor Bauer is now checking the weather reports in Cincinnati and, uh, you know, what kind of win there is, whether he can throw a ball out to center field or not. We saw a three-team trade last night. So before we get into the breaking down the games, though, especially for DFS purposes uh, and even seasonal purposes for those who play, Bauer going to Cincinnati, he goes to a pitcher's park, but he uh, – you know, he is gonna be in the National League, so I think that kinda, of, you know, balances it out. And really, do you see his value changing much at all?
1: Probably not much. As you said, you kinda of get a trade off between the ballpark in the national league. And then the other factor is that these hitters, though there is interleague league play, aren't as used to seeing him as the American League hitters are. So sometimes usually the first time through you give the advantage to the to the pitcher. And obviously he's very talented and um, hopefully he gets his head on straight a little bit more. Though I I, I don't really blame him. I was watching that inning, and he was just getting nickel and dime to get to death. A blue blue pier, uh, like a a scratch hit through the infield, a a fly ball fell in, and he was aggravated, no doubt. And the old-time baseball purist would say what he did was wrong. But is that better than Plunking a batter or yelling at him at someone or he, he was just frustrated. I understand that though. He obviously was fine. And, and Mr. Francona wasn't exactly thrilled with how the things happened. Now the Indians get
0: uh Yasiel Puig and Franville Reyes. Uh, you know, I think there might be an adjustment period for, you know, for a guy like Reyes going over to a different league, young guy, uh seeing different pitchers, maybe even for Puig a little. Uh but you know, Puig's put it, gonna put up numbers good numbers anywhere. Uh, I don't see I, I, I could I could see Ray is starting to slump as he makes the transition. But uh you know, Puig will still put up his numbers. What I do wonder was this smart from a Cleveland perspective to get rid of Bauer if they really want to contend, although it seems like they're close to getting Corey Kluber back.
1: And Not only Corey Kluber, they got Danny Salazar, who's supposed to start as an opener tomorrow. So yeah, I, I, guess, I
0: intentionally did not include him. So Yeah, yeah.
1: you're not sure what you're getting. Yeah, I, I think what Cleveland said is, hey, pitching isn't our problem. It's our offense. To be able to compete with New York and Houston, who are two teams that very likely are going to the playoffs, we're going to need to improve our bats and our power, and they certainly did that. I think – uh, the resurgence or the the coming out party, party that Shane Bieber has had uh, sort of made Bauer replaceable, and like you said, Kluber coming back, they they should be okay starting pitching wise.
0: Yeah, good point about uh, you know Bieber there. Uh, you know, back in Cincinnati where they lose the hitting, uh, Josh Van Meter, y- y- who I actually picked up in Tout Wars uh, this week for eleven bucks and a thousand dollar. $1,000 cap, but Van Meter is going to become a more popular daily play now, and, and so is Philip Irvin, I think.
1: That's a good point. I mean, they, they had these two young players that were just starving for playing time, and now they have plenty of it. And uh, I mean, obviously, you'll have uh, Senzel playing every day, too, because you sort of have the four or five outfielders in three spots rotation going on. That isn't the case anymore.
0: So let's look at uh, the, the early slate, Atlanta, Washington, Mike Soroka, who I'd play against anybody, 9,200 against Anibal Sanchez, only 6,800 on draft games. He's won six straight decisions in his 2-0 and against the Braves this year. Uh, I don't know if Sanchez could be widely owned against the Braves, and uh, I, I, I like him as a value pick. I think Soroka is a fine cash game play
1: at the, at the price. I agree with you in both cases. I, I especially like the Sanchez for savings if you're playing early or the all-day slate. Um, and the reason is recency bias. Everyone's going to see the Braves. What they scored nine or eleven runs last night. I think it was uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, and they're going to continue to go gravitate towards those bats. And that may not may not be the way to go. And if you like Soroka, to, I mean uh, Sanchez to pitch a good game against them.
0: The Pirates are at the Reds. These two pitchers are coming off their worst starts of the season, but uh, you have to like Luis Castillo at 10,400 on DraftKings. Uh, maybe the top pitcher of, of the early slate against the Pirates, against Dario Agrazel, uh, who had his, his worst start of the season at City Field on Friday. Uh I don't know if I'd necessarily load up on Reds' bats, but I really like Castillo. Maybe compare on DraftKings pairing Castillo with Sanchez on the early slate would be the way to go.
1: That probably gives you plenty of upside of Castillo and then the safety of Sanchez. I like your thinking there, Scott. I guess another thing we have to keep in mind is, is Cincinnati done dealing? Um, The the Major League Trade deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern, and unlike last year's, there is no secondary trade deadline for august 31st i forgot they call that like the The waiver the non-waiver deadline deadline. yeah yeah that is now gone so you have to wonder if you're going to have more trades today or simply this too many teams in the mix and not enough buyers versus sellers and and you have to wonder who else is going to be moved possibly in this game with both teams pretty much out of contention
0: all right coming up next is a, a game that features two uh, outstanding pitchers uh, against, against uh, although one would on look out so outstanding the last time out, but the marquee pitching matchup of the early slate, but there's going to be some offenses the same. Zach Greinke uh, takes on Masahiro Tanaka this afternoon at Yankee Stadium with the Diamondbacks and the Yankees. Tanaka coming off uh, coming off like uh, a historically bad start. The first Yankees started have allowed 12 runs in a game. Uh, with beating by the Red Sox, which Mark enjoyed, against Zach Granke, who's only 8,600. You can't use Granke against this lineup. Uh, Tanaka's coming off a terrible start. If you want to maybe bank on a rebound in a tournament, he's only 7,600. But, you know, this game's hard to read. I I call this a stay-away game on both counts.
1: I think a lot of the early games are are hard to read. A, you got the the emotions in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, how much of that carry over the trade deadline that our players going to be taken out in the middle of the game, though. I have no idea why Quag wasn't taken out in the middle of the game after it was announced he was traded, but uh, getting back to New York in Arizona, I like the philosophy you have in both cases. Tanaka has been historically bad against the Red Sox. <laughs> um, his last two starts, I believe he's given up 18 earned runs in about five innings. So, take that away, he's pretty good against everyone else. You would think he's going to bounce back. Then you mentioned Granke. He's been the model, consistent pitcher most of the year. Um, but the Yankees for one of the few times out were shut down last night. Do they hit a couple long balls off of Granke today? He, we all know he doesn't have overpowering stuff. He's the right-handed version of the crafty lefty right now. He just knows how to pitch and uh, he won't strike out at batters, but he will give an occasional home up, especially if the ball moves in the middle of the plate.
0: Toronto's at Kansas City, Jacob pack against Jacob Junis. Junis looked like he was starting to pitch well, uh, but then uh, he had a bad start the last time out. Waggasack against the Rays, pitched decently. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with Junis, but when I can spend less money for Anifel Sanchez... I'm, I'm not going to chance it today, and uh, this looks like an avo- avoid game for me on both counts because I really don't like Royals' bats.
1: Pair of Jakes going. Uh, I guess the only guy, and I will continue to go back to this well, and he has started to hit the ball really well over the last two weeks or so, is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I, until his price rises to uh, where I think his talent level is, I'll continue using him almost on a daily basis
0: the game that we want to use the bats for and why are we going to use a starter like animal sanchez or maybe even tanaka (laughs) if i doubt tanaka colorado at los and los angeles at coors field on the early slate here hyunjin ryu at his worst start of the year against colorado uh early this year in coors field german marquez uh coming off of two strong starts but doesn't pitch as well as home so you're you're looking to stack here uh Max Muncy's fifty six hundred, but probably worth it. Alex Vertigo is only forty four hundred. AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock's out though. Uh, AJ Pollock is not healthy, right? Why no, I he got had a leadoff
1: last night. Uh, okay, against-
0: uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of somebody else. Pollock is forty three hundred, so you get to save some money there. Uh, if Christopher Negron's back in the lineup, he homered last night. He's only 3,300. Will Smith is also in play. So Dodger stack, probably top top of the radar. Then after that, uh, in the early slate, you, you probably go with some of these Colorado bats against Ryu. Uh, maybe they won't be as widely owned because some people uh thinking that, okay, Ryu can have a good start anywhere. You got Ian Desmond. He's only 4,200. Uh, as well, Ryan McMahon just uh, you don't want to do lefty on lefty though, really. But he's only 4,300. But De- Desmond's a nice price. Uh, you'll have to spend up for some of these bats though in Colorado. So I'm kind of liking the Dodger stack a little bit better.
1: Um, it was just a few weeks ago where basically every National League team was in wild card contention. Since then, two teams have really fallen off, and that is the Pirates and the Rockies. Um, they just seem to be mailing it in. Uh, they probably need a spark, much like maybe what Pittsburgh got last night, to get back into their winning ways. And I don't know if that's the way to go today, uh, Rockies bats. Uh, Ryu was really bad at cores again. But if you're of this philosophy that, I mean, that he was really bad his last time out, but if you're of this philosophy that he's a really good pitcher, which he is, he probably won't be nearly as bad this time out. But on the other side, you mentioned some Dodger bats, even though they have a huge league lead in the National League West and are certainly going to make the playoffs and most likely have home advantage throughout all the rounds of the playoffs. They still need to clinch those, so they're still in play. There were quite a few, uh, or at least a pair of under-the-radar radar uh, accusations that the Dodgers made yesterday. You mentioned Ground. Out in the outfield, and the other was Tyler White. Now, White is probably going to be against lefties only, so I wouldn't expect him in the lineup, but he is on the team now. And uh, you mentioned Will Smith. He did not play last night, meaning that he's almost guaranteed to play in a day game today. And he's a bat that I think they're going to use 80% of the time from here going out, and he has a lot of potential.
0: Okay, then we got Detroit at the Angels. Daniel Norris against Jose Suarez. Uh, you know, if you don't want to run a course field stack, uh, I think you got to do it against naris and his 489 ERA. Uh, you know, you have David Fletcher at 4,200. Of course, Mike Trout at 5,700 is a bust. Andeltron Simmons is only 3,400. Pujols is just 4,400. So I, I think you can run an angel stack here, too.
1: Not only an angel stack, look to use their pitcher. I think everyone and their brother, for every from the time till we stop playing DFS, is going to Look to pick on Detroit. Look to pick on the White Sox. Look to pick on the Marlins, though they're scrappy. Look to pick on Pirates. You know what I'm saying. The teams that have called it in, mailed it in, and just don't hit really well. And Detroit is probably number one on that list. So anytime you have a starter against Detroit, he has to be at least a mention and a possible play.
0: Well, he's actually going to recommend Jose Suarez So on the early slate. Dodgers, Rockies, Angel Stacks, Uh, Castillo, Jose Suarez, Anibal Sanchez are your pitchers. Yes. Uh, Night Slate, San Francisco at Philadelphia. Vince Velakas is coming off a strong start. Uh, Jeff Samarja coming off a bumpy one here. You never really know what you get with either pitcher here. This has a look of an avoid game for
1: me. I, I like what you're saying there, but a lot was been made in the Philly press about how they were floundering and they were probably the most disappointing team in the National League. Yes, they're in wild card contention, and I actually think they're tied for a wild card spot right now. But they were a lot more was expected out of them. Um, Drew Smiley, his last two starts, to breathe some life into the team, and Vince Velasquez, his last start was really good as well. So you have to wonder if. They are sort of coming back to life mainly by the strength of uh, their arms and starting pitchers. And these, both these starting pitchers weren't in the rotation of a month ago. So they're really, I think, each time out, they're going to be in contention for me to use. Now, it was only a few weeks ago where every time that a pitcher went against San Francisco, you went to use against, I use that arm. Recently, San Francisco has hit the ball well, but their last couple of games, they have not. So you have to wonder if San Francisco has come back down to earth, especially players like Yaskremsky, who uh, obviously Carl's grandson and Alex Dickerson are sort of becoming back to more who they really are as compared to the stars they were the last month or so.
0: Houston is in Cleveland. Jose, your quality is uh, coming off of two strong starts. Uh Zach Pleasak is coming off a strong start here, but he's kind of hittable. If anything here, I might be thinking Astro
1: Stack. Completely agree, Astro Stack. The thing is with Pleasak and the rest of the tribe staff, they've kept their teams in games. That's good. The bad, especially with Zach Pleasak, he's given up ten home runs in a little more than sixty innings. That is very bad. Uh Houston should be able to hit some long balls off him tonight. And that's where I'm going to go for bats on the night slate is probably going to try to load up on Houston and not really be picky righty versus lefty just see what I can afford. Cause I do want to spend up for an ace that we haven't talked about yet, but I'm sure we will.
0: All right. Uh, coming up next, we got Tampa Bay at Boston. Andrew Kitteridge is a starter. He's been okay. Uh, but, uh, then you got Rick Porcello who finally stopped the bleeding in his last start. But I, I kind of like a Tampa Bay stack here as well. Travis Darno's up to 4,800, but he's worth it on DraftKings. G-Man Choi is just 4,000. Joey Wendell is only $3,000. He could be a punt or maybe somebody, uh, you used to, you know, surround <laughs> around another stack. William Dames is 3,700. Tommy Pham, 4,700. Uh, you can build a, at least a mini stack with the Rays here.
1: Austin Meadows, too, should be there, but he's a little bit more expensive. 4800
0: right? but with the yeah. other priced bats there, you can afford him.
1: Sam was scratched last night. Just have to make sure that he's uh, still in the lineup for tonight. Um, yeah, Porcello had been not good. He did pitch well against the Yankees. You wonder how much Porcello and the rest of the Red Sox were up against the Yankees. Though they're fighting tooth and nail with the Rays for a wild card spot, so there should be uh, as much motivation tonight. On the other side, Kittredge—is he the classic opener, or is he? Yeah, going? he's a,
0: he's a classic opener.
1: Okay, so then you kind of wonder who they're going to finishing behind them. Though it really doesn't matter with Tampa; they generally do a good job at preventing runs. Um, last night's game for a Red Sox fan was a heartbreaker. They they fought and fought in... They had two men on with two outs in the ninth inning, and uh, the, the left fielder made a nice catch almost at the wall. So uh, a tough loss. Let's see if the Red Sox can bounce back tonight.
0: Minnesota-Miami, Jose Barrios, 10,700, going to be the most popular cash game play of the night. And you can also run, run a uh, Minnesota stack along with Barrios. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, a very undeserving all-star, has had a 635 ERA since, since that game.
1: Yeah, this is a game. Wow. I mean, Minnesota's bats are always in play. Nelson Cruz got a rest last night. I'm sure he's back in the lineup unless there was an injury. uh, I didn't see anything about that. I figured it was just a day of rest. But all up and down the Minnesota uh, lineup, you can you can look to use some bats here. There will probably be some long balls hit. Uh, Miguel Sano, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Polanco. Uh, Nelson Cruz, like I mentioned, all in play here tonight. Uh, Not really liking anyone on the Miami side, though. Barrios, he lacks the upside of another pitcher that I really want to roster. So I'm probably not going to go here either for pitching.
0: Okay, uh, Chicago is at uh, St. Louis, uh, both Kyle Hendricks. And Miles Mikolas have pitched well since the All-Star break. Uh, the, the, the Cubs' bats seem like they're more vulnerable on the road. Mikolas is only 7,700. Hendricks is just 9,000.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think of it. But they probably look forward to Wrigley Field as much as the Rockies do. Chorus Field. Maybe not as extreme a split, but that's a good point. And Mikolas has done better at home than he has on the road. So you sort of like those splits right there. Though, I mean, the Cubs lineup is pretty deep. They added Ian Happ uh, to go along with Kyle Schwarber. So more of guys that are bats and not uh, defense, known for defense. Uh, On the other side, uh, yeah, Kyle Hendricks has pitched really well. St. Louis struggles against righties. That could be a possible play.
0: Seattle's in Texas. Mike Miner, if he's not traded today, was scheduled to make the start. He's had a 6.04 ERA since the All-Star break, which has kind of driven his price down to 9900 really making me like him as a play at home against Seattle.
1: Possibly uh, driven down his price in terms of uh, poss- uh, trade offers as well. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that he had struggled a little bit since the All-Star break. Does that mean that some Seattle bats are in order? Possibly. We saw all those runs scored last night. It will continue to be really hot tonight. I wouldn't be afraid to use bats on both sides of this lineup.
0: All right, we have uh de against Giolito in the uh marquee pitching matchup of the night. But Giolito started to struggle some. Six thirty eight ERA over his last seven starts. Uh DeGrom's probably the, the, the top pitcher on the slate today. Uh going against the White Sox after Syndergaard dominated them last night. Uh, Giolito against the Mets, he's 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 less pricey, 10300 You know, this could be a very low-scoring game in which you like both pitchers.
1: Could be, but much like Minor and you mentioned this, Giolito struggled since the All-Star break. My ace that I've been talking about is DeGrom. He has over a 32% strikeout rate versus righties. The, the White Sox strikeout 25% against righties. Um, you have to like his strikeout potential here. And not only this strikeout potential, all-around potential. You just I read my mind. Thor dominated him last night. Why wouldn't DeGrom dominate him tonight? I know it's baseball, but I really like this matchup. On the other side, yeah, Giolito has not been good. He's had problems with home runs since the All-Star break. And Pete Alonso is one guy who has struggled uh, post-home run derby, as many would expect uh, after winning the home run derby. But his price has dropped accordingly, only 4600 on DraftKings. He could be a good one-off in my lineup.
0: <coughs> okay, and to close out tonight, we have the uh, Brewers and the A's. It's Jordan Lyles against Brett Anderson. Uh, and anderson Anderson's anderson got a 4.05 ERA. Lyles, a recent acquisition. ERA well over 5. So even though it's a hitter's park, you it's at least like a mini stack of Oakland A's uh, tonight. Robbie Grossman is just thirty four hundred. So is Jurickson Profar. Uh, you know, Chris Davis is just thirty three hundred. He's showing signs as well. Uh, you know, and of course, you know always, you know, Brewers bats are in play, but I don't know about, about a stack on this park.
1: Yeah, this is a tough uh, game to read. A. First, looking at the slate, I like Jordan Lyles. He pitched for Milwaukee last year. He was very effective, and he's had his good starts this year for Pittsburgh. Now, recently they haven't been that good, but a change of scenery from a basically a non-competitive team in Pittsburgh to one that is right in the midst of the NL Central race in Milwaukee could spark him. And not only that, like I said, he pitched and pitched well from last year, so he knows the coaching staff. You wonder if he can do any uh, – work any miracles in terms of a second half turnaround. On the other side, like you said, Chris Davis continues to show signs of breaking out with base hits and getting uh, some runs and RBIs, but no long balls in a long time. That game has to be coming soon at $3,300. I mean, the risk is not too high to go there. Um, Milwaukee on the road, not the same team offensively that they are at home, though I'm not I don't think I'm going to go Brett Anderson because generally Milwaukee struggles against righties. Brett Anderson being a lefty, he could be more hittable. And don't be afraid of Christian Yelich, lefty, le- lefty on lefty. on he-, he handles lefties almost as good as he handles righties.
0: Never be afraid of Yelich. But uh, I think I'll yeah. stack. I think I'll at least run a mini stack on Lyles when I realize he has yeah. a, fif- a 15 ERA this month. So I'm not going to use him. Now, also, we have to... Remember, uh, premium gold members, our Slack chat, our guys are always available uh, to give you advice. And you're going to have to watch today because guys are going to get pulled pulled out of lineups, you know, if they get traded or maybe uh,
1: there's going to be some pitching changes. Yeah, you would think so. And was that the oddest thing? I mean, Twitter had announced Quake was traded 20 minutes before that fight started, but yet he was still in the game. Have you ever seen a situation like that? Uh, not that fight- I can
0: recall. Yeah. Yeah, it was the.
1: Odd I do, season.
0: I do, I do recall it. It's, it's vague with me though. I'd have to look it up. Uh, Joe Youngblood of the Mets, I think in nineteen seventy-eight, got traded during a doubleheader, with the two uh, teams that were involved. Yeah. It's sort something, of like- something, something to that effect.
1: Yeah, I mean. Eric Sogard had that situation where he was traded from the Blue Jays to the, the Rays and they were playing each other and people were like, is he going to be able to pinch hit during the game? That would be pretty cool. Just switching uniforms. Uh, but yeah, that didn't happen. But yeah, I remember a little bit before my time, but I remember reading about that Joel Youngblood. Was that from the Cubs to the Mets or Dodgers? I remember, I remember him. Playing I don't those remember teams. the
0: details. I'm going to have to yeah. go and look at this. I'm sure yeah. some of our listeners are going to tweet at us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, we want some
1: we want as many Joel Youngblood tweets as we can please.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot for listening uh, to the Wind Daily podcast for July 31st and we'll see you tomorrow.